Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Expert to Authority show. Simone Vincenzi here, and today I'm here with the LinkedIn expert, the one and only Denita Padney. How are you doing, Denita? I am really good, Simone. I'm excited uh, to be here uh, in this uh, chat with you. So yeah, really good. Thank you for asking. Yeah, it's, it's one of the situations where we've been like going around uh, the similar networks and seeing each other on social media. Uh, we talked before about Clubhouse. Uh, then you've spoken with some really big names at Expert Empires, one of the main speakers there. And also we are collaborating in the Speakers Award and that's what got us to this interview today. And um, I had a chat with Elliot and he said, oh, you need to interview Danita on LinkedIn. I was like, okay, let's talk about oh, LinkedIn. Bless him. Oh, yeah. And it's, it, that's really weird, isn't it? How our paths cross um, in so many different ways. And then it, it, it comes to a head eventually. So, yeah, the Speaker Awards, I'm excited about those. And um, having gone through that journey with with you guys has been awesome being a judge on that. So, yeah, it's been really good. And um, yeah, I, I just uh, well, Clubhouse was amazing anyway for building relationships during lockdown. But it's great how some of those relationships have carried on in, on other platforms as well. So, yeah, yeah really good. Uh, and and I'm, 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 I'm your stalker as well, Simone. So I also we are each other, we are each other secret stalkers. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about the Speakers Awards, actually, I want to put a plug because uh, here we are doing uh, both Denise and I will be speaking at the Speaker Awards conference. So check out thespeakerawards.com and where you can find all the information there. So thespeakerawards.com, that's where you can find all the information. It will be great to see you as well at the conference. Uh, we are uh, selling the tickets right now and actually we are almost at capacity. So make sure you get your ticket, get on the waiting list and get your ticket. Now, on the side, speaker conference on the side, we already mentioned that you went ballistic on LinkedIn, like LinkedIn <laughs> became uh, your obsession, it became a big part of the world that you do for your business. Why? Why LinkedIn? Yeah, really good question. Um, you know, they say that the saying is you don't know what you don't know. So um, in my previous life, I was I was in recruitment before I entered the world of personal development. So recruitment uh, was the industry I was in. And obviously I was always using LinkedIn for that. It was, you know, the stable platform as it still is today for a lot of people in the recruitment industry. And so if you were either finding a job or you needed to hire somebody, that's the place you would go. And so as a recruiter living in London and being very in a saturated market, so I was in the media sector, I knew that I had to stand out. So at the time, without even knowing it, the way that I was using uh, LinkedIn as a platform was very much around, you know, sharing my knowledge and know-how of the industry that I was in, recruiting in. And that's what would attract my clients to me, as well as existing clients who would then continue to give me work because I'd be like, oh my God, she, she obviously knows what's happening in, the, in that particular niche. Um, so when I started my own business, when I moved into personal development and I started my own business in, back in 2012, this is, um, mm -hmm. I uh, I dropped LinkedIn, didn't use it at all because I was like, that's not for me now. I'm a coach, I'm a trainer, I'm a speaker. I'm so I don't Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn. probably. That's, that's, what you, that's what you did. You went to Facebook, Instagram. Exactly. Uh, went to every other uh, platform mm -hmm. other than LinkedIn. LinkedIn is for corporates. It's for B2B. That, that was my perception as well. Mm -hmm. And then um, I, I, I stumbled across a really um, uh, amazing trainer who actually was 
from LinkedIn themselves. And they had um, come to an event and um, I was sat there and I thought, oh my gosh, like I haven't even been using it, but it seems like I should be. So I came back on it and I changed my profile. I completely repositioned myself. Um, and at the time I had something like a thousand, maybe five, 1500 connections, but mm -hmm. all in the recruitment sector. And I almost just did an overhaul and realized that actually I'd been sitting on a gold mine um, and that, you know, to grow my visibility, my personal brand, personal brand, because as we know, even in the coaching industry, we are one of a million, millions, I should say. Every other person and their sister and their grandma is, is a coach now. So <laughs> it's, exactly. <laughs> it makes me laugh when you see those adverts where they're like, become an NLP coach for 17 pounds. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I paid thousands to train as an NLP trainer. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, you know, again, I was in a competitive market. So, but I realized that I'd been sitting on a gold mine because a lot of coaches, trainers, speakers weren't using it. And I thought, right, let me just try it again and see whether if I do the same thing that I did when I was a recruiter, would those same skills and effects work? So that's how I kind of got into it again. Well, it, it is a, <laughs> but that's, that's also why a lot of people, they, they leave LinkedIn alone because there is still this conception and this idea that LinkedIn is corporate. Mm -hmm. And uh, going back into the recruitment side, um, I don't know if you know, but actually we have a, a, two recruitment agencies that my business partner manages. Oh my so gosh, no, there, is a, there, there are some, some crossover there. Um, one is called uh, ex-mill recruitment, where we place veterans uh, and ex-military into the workplace, in particular oh, in cybersecurity. Awesome. And um, so now the the question, because when you are doing LinkedIn for recruitment, is different is a different way of than doing LinkedIn also for getting leads or getting coaching client. What have you found the main difference on how you are using LinkedIn now? compared to how you were using it before when you were maybe looking for companies and candidates? Mm. So the, the, uh, let me talk about the similarities in order to talk about the differences. Okay. So I thought that it was very different, <clears throat> but actually when I was a recruitment consultant, if you think about it, you're, you know, my desk is, is almost like a mini business because I have to find my own clients, even though it's for the organization, I've still got to find my own clients. I've got to do business development. Sure. I've got to sell. I've got to do all of that. So my, and then I've, you know, as a recruitment consultant, consultant, I also have to make sure that my figures are right. I'm meeting my targets, all of those things. So I had, I had KPIs just like we do in a business. We have KPIs for our business, don't we? Like we want to make sure that mm -hmm. we meet a certain figure by the, by the end of the year, the quarter, etc. So one of the things that I realized back when I was a recruiter, but I only know this now looking back is the key thing that I was doing, like I said earlier, was I was really about relationships, building relationships on LinkedIn mm -hmm. and sharing my knowledge, know-how and wisdom. So people would see me as the go-to media recruitment consultant in London, because there mm -hmm. were quite a few of us. And that is actually what I find myself still doing today. That is a massive big similarity, but the conception is you have to be different because I think whether you are a professional working for an organization and using LinkedIn as same as a recruiter or in any industry, or whether you are running your own business using that platform, the key thing is, is you've got to position you because people do business with people, don't they, Simone? And we know that it's a cliche, but it's so true. Yeah. That that's where they buy from first. And I remember during my recruitment career, 
if I um, left one recruitment company and went to another one, my clients would follow me. It doesn't matter what the size of the company was. Even if I couldn't work with them, they'd be like, no, we'll wait. We'll wait six months until we can work with you because they'd built that relationship with me. So those are the things that were very similar. And I didn't realize they were similar because I thought they were different. I thought as a recruiter, you're putting up jobs and you're putting up, I'm looking for this candidate and I'm looking for this skill and all of those kind of things. Um, and then the other, um, the other main difference is really about your kind of personal um, connection with people. So the actual um, commenting on other people's posts, I think that's probably the main difference from when I was a recruiter. I didn't really do that. I didn't really go out and, you know, comment on what other people were doing or create a lot of content. Um, And I probably, um, you know, kind of less, there was less of that. Whereas today, to to help me grow my personal brand, it's about the knowledge I share. It's about the promotional stuff that I do. It's about the personal posts as well. So people get to see more of an insight on me. Whereas when I was a recruiter, I had to also look at what the company wanted me to do and how I could bring them into the brand. Whereas now as a business owner, entrepreneur, it's, it's about my you. personal brand. It's about, it's about, it's about you and uh, how you communicate who you are to yeah. others. So then they can understand who they are, you know, who they are listening to, who they're learning from. Yeah. Um, and it's getting really uh, tight on that as well, Simone. It's like, mm. it's getting really, really certain with clarity on that personal brand that you represent. Whereas obviously when you're working with somebody, well, the two, there's two things that you'll realize. One is, do my values actually match the company values? Um, but if they do, then it's about how do I merge my, my own personal brand with the yeah. company brand? Which, uh, which in one sense, even when you're working for yourself, if you have a, if you have a business, like a, a business and it's not just yourself as a practice, hmm. then uh, it is a similar approach. The, the, fa- the, the, the idea, though, is that the values of the company, as you are the founder, they generate from you. So it, the, that alignment is there already. Yeah. But it's still thinking about how do we bring the company and what we do with my personality. And for, every, for people that uh, are a bit confused about this step, what will be the biggest piece of advice that you can give? Because you said you need to be really tied to understand, you know, who you are, your values, what you want to communicate, what your brand is about. And of course, we can do another 10 podcasts on this topic. <laughs> yeah, we can. But if you have to give one piece of advice that could get someone started in the right direction in that, what would that be? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, really understand like what it is that, why do you do what you do? And, you know, we have lots of books, don't we? Like Simon Sinek is one of my favorite, um, you know, books and some of his YouTube stuff. So he talks about finding your why and really understanding that. So look at, uh, and especially when you're on LinkedIn, know what is the purpose? What do you want people to come to you for? Like, what is it that you want to be known for? And I think when you get that right, what you want to be known for, then the second semi-tip to that is you've got to then not be afraid to be yourself. And I think that's the thing. I, I tell you one thing I hear a lot when it comes to LinkedIn is, oh, I can't be myself on there. Mm-hmm. Or, I, you know, I want to post this, but is it right for that platform? Those are the kind of comments I get. And I'll say, well, if it's right for you on Facebook and Instagram and other more relaxed platforms, then it's right for you on LinkedIn as well. Because, yes, we might change slightly when we're with our yeah. mom and dad versus when we're with our friends. But ultimately, the person that we are is the same. So, you know, your values, your how you think, your clarity, all of that remains the same. 
So um, it's really important. I think that is, first of all, know what you want to be known for and then understand how you can be yourself on that platform. Even if there are people, what you and what you'll do is you'll attract people yeah. who don't like you and that's okay because you also equally attract the people who love you. There is the uh, LinkedIn, the LinkedIn militia, uh, where <laughs> <laughs> this is not the LinkedIn post. Oh my God, like, I can right? <laughs> Don't you have better things to do with your day? <laughs> Go and leave a comment. This is not a post for LinkedIn. Usa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, don't God. care about the LinkedIn militia. You get that I, I, all the time, don't you? It's like because there are some old school corporate yeah. people because remember when linkedin first started you had to have somebody's email address to even connect with them it was very elitist mm -hmm. so you couldn't just can even if you just had a profile you could not send them an in mail or anything like that it was like you have to have their email address so i think some of those people obviously are still on there which is which is good um and then some traditions are really good because it makes linkedin slightly different but then mm -hmm. you kind of go well actually no business has changed today for you yeah. know for all corporates as well as um entrepreneurial businesses and we can see i'm looking at the posts that i'm seeing the most with the most comments or views yeah. or the most viral ones they're not business posts no they're all yeah. personal posts even on linkedin when i'm looking uh, there is a connection to business there is a connection to what the person does mm. but most of the time is those personal stories or things that are happening to someone uh, that uh, they end up going ballistics with the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of views, tens of thousands of comments. These are the ones that I've seen the most. Um, I have a question now uh, in terms of your mistakes though, because uh, I'm sure that uh, you mastered LinkedIn, like probably a lot of other people to trial and error. Yeah. What are some of the mistakes that you made uh, maybe at the beginning or even further along the line that you see that are common with all the clients that you're working with? It's like, these are the mistakes I made. I understand them. A lot of people are making them as well. Yeah. So then at least people are aware. And then we go into what to do instead. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the biggest mistakes I made um, was uh, inconsistency. So being on the platform ad hoc, not really... Um, you know, going in and like being consistent, not having some kind of schedule and and plan around it. So it's just inconsistent. And I thought that would still get me, you know, noticed. Um, and that was before I really understood how digital platforms worked and the algorithms and things like that. Um, so that's that was one of the mistakes, the kind of inconsistency. Um, I've, I've also made the mistake of posting too many times in the day. That mm. was right early on. So I'd try and do everything in one go. Uh, so I'd have like four or five posts that would go out throughout the day. Um, so that was the other the other mistake. And then um, it was I, I, I didn't I did put enough effort into it. So, you know, I would wait. I would be more passive. So I'd wait for things to come to me when actually the way that I now look at LinkedIn is it's not a social media site. It's a social networking site. So I realized that you have to put, you get out what you put in and you've mm. got to put in, the great news is you don't have to be overwhelmed and put in lots of hours, but the more you put in and you're more effective, the more you'll get out. So I realized that I wasn't actually, um, you know, using some of the features effectively as I could and as I do today.
And then one of the biggest mistakes that luckily I didn't make, Simone, but oh my God, it is still being made today is when you connect with somebody and you, and you get that horrible spammy salesy message. Uh, and you're like, you haven't even asked me whether it's something I would be interested in. Yeah. You haven't asked me anything about my business or my life or whatever it is, but you're now selling me a side hustle that where I could earn $300 a month extra. It's, it's you know, it's, <laughs> it's like, do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> do you know who I am? <laughs> Send me this. <laughs> and it's, you know, it, it, it's really interesting because you're like, well, you haven't even asked me whether I want more money. Like, or I want more time. Maybe I don't need it. Mm -hmm. It's just having conversations. We wouldn't go into a real networking room and then go up to somebody and straight away sell to them. We'd get, engage in a conversation. So yeah. yeah, those are some of the mistakes I made. Uh, and one mistake I, I see lots of other people making that I luckily didn't make. So consistency uh, or too much <laughs> yeah. content. Uh, then putting the actually understanding the tools and really working LinkedIn and making a platform work. Yeah. And then also building relationship the right way. Yeah. These are the top mistakes. Yeah. You, you mentioned, you mentioned the tools. What are some of the, uh, what are some of the, the minimum things that someone can do mm. to make LinkedIn effective? Because you have, uh, to, to, to work, to, to make it work, you have a spectrum. Mm. From I'm spending every hour of the day on LinkedIn to I'm doing nothing. Yeah. And there is something in between that there is a sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What are some of the things that you will recommend for that sweet spot? So I think initially just fo like focus on some of the key elements and I'll talk about those in a second. And then after that, you know, I spend probably about an hour a day on LinkedIn in terms of actual doing stuff, proactive mm -hmm. stuff. And then obviously I'll, you know, just like we do with social media, we have it on our laptops so or it's on our phone and I'll always go and check messages and things like that. But one of the key things, a foundation to really, really uh, attend to first on LinkedIn is your profile. Because, you know, we've talked about mistakes. Actually one common mistake is still having a profile that looks like a CV. Um, so the key thing first to do before you do anything, because even if you're writing great content and you're putting stuff out there and you're using all of, you know, LinkedIn on a regular basis, if your profile, and it goes back to that word alignment, Simone, if your profile, if they come and visit your profile and they go, oh, I'm now confused about what they actually do, um, then confused minds don't buy. So you're never going to get them to the next step. So work on your profile. And the thing to do before you even start writing words on your profile is to understand who your target market is and not only mm. understand who they are because we know about avatars you know the the geographics the demographics all of those things but you've got to understand how they think because when you understand how they think where they are right now as in in their problem state in the state yeah. they are before they've used your service or product um, you can then also understand the language that they are using. Like what, what, are, what words resonate with them when they think about your particular service or the problem that they're having because they haven't ha found a solution yet. And then when you, when you add that into your profile, you've got keywords, but not just keywords from an optimization po point of view, but you've also got keywords in terms of what will connect emotionally with mm. your ideal client. So before you actually go writing your profile, do that exercise first, really understand your ideal client, and then use the information that you extract from that 
to actually create a profile that takes them on a bit of a journey. And the great news about the profile, Simone, is today, the the amount of things that we can add on there, you know, the, the featured section where, where you've got loads of different opportunities to add links, media, videos, all of that kind of stuff. You've got your cover video profile, cover profile video, that's the way it says. So, you know, you can actually do a 30 second elevator pitch, but one where they get to see you and get to hear you. Um, name pronunciation, I use that as a little hack to get your na- your, yourself out there. The link now that you can add to the top of your profile. So there's so many things that you can add to your profile. Now the background image, so many ways. And if you think about it, Simone, if you look at LinkedIn's interface, it's quite boring, isn't it? It's a bit mm-hmm. white with a bit of blue and a bit of gray. Yeah. So just think what you can do if you have some really good images and rich media content on your profile. So that is what I would tell people to start off with before they even think about doing anything else. So starting from starting from your profile and also understanding the features that are available, and we're going to go there in a moment, yeah. and in particular, understanding your avatar and not only the way they, they behave, not only the way who they are, but in yeah. particular in the way they think. What yeah. I like in particular, what you said is that is combining the emotional word to attract the avatar with the keywords optimization. Cause that was going to be a question. Uh, that was a question I was going to ask you because yeah. some, some, uh, 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 some profiles, uh, they can have great copy, but because they're not optimized, they're not found. And other profiles, you can see that I'm over-optimized. <laughs> so there are all the right keywords, but then they don't talk to, to, to the right avatar. So. In this way, you you can actually be found and told to the person that yeah. you want yeah. uh, to talk be to. more visible in the search results. And there's also other places like the skills section is a really good place to think about uh, optimized words. So your search engine optimization, because those skills are searchable. So, you know, when you think about those kind of things, yeah, that's exactly right. All right. And uh, so talking about features, let's talk about features. Yeah. Oh, what are some yeah. of the features of LinkedIn that you are the most excited about uh, that you say, oh my God, these are <laughs> the best ones and you got to use them. You got to use them no matter what you do. You just got to use them. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. I get, I, I, I actually get really excited about this now. So first of all, um, the newsletter feature. Um, it, I was using blogs anyway on LinkedIn when they, cause they've, they've always had a really good blog platform, mm-hmm. but earlier this year, they then launched for everybody, the newsletter feature. And so the power of this feature is not only do you get to still write an amazing blog and long form copy is still, um, valuable copy on LinkedIn, but when you get subscribers, what actually happens is, well, first of all, when you when you first create your newsletter and the first edition that you publish, every single one of your connections will get an invite to subscribe. And at the moment, the, 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 the uptake tends to be about 20%. And then every time you publish a newsletter, over 50% of those people will actually get a notification in their email to uh, to say that hey you know Danita's latest edition uh, newsletter a newsletter edition is here go and read it so you're now getting more eyeballs on there so the newsletter feature by far and you can have one for your personal profile you can have one also for your company page mm-hmm. especially if you're a bigger organization it's worth you know doing it from both so your followers get things as well 
So that's one I'm really excited about. I have always been excited about uh, LinkedIn Live. Before before we move uh, move on, I have another question on the LinkedIn newsletter. <laughs> I told you I'd get excited about. I know, this I know, no, I know. There are a few, but I have another question on the LinkedIn newsletter. Personally, how frequently do you do you send yours? Um, so I started sending it weekly, and then I took a bit of a break, and I'm starting it weekly again. But here's my advice: is don't do it um, weekly if you definitely cannot keep up. Um, you know, you've got the option of doing it weekly, bi-weekly, I think, or fortnightly and monthly as well. Mm. So I would, I, I, the most, the, the least number of, so in terms of the, the duration, monthly is the last resort that I would go to. Um, because consistency isn't about the number of times you do it. It's about ensuring that you just do it consistently. Yeah. So even if it's monthly, that's absolutely fine. Do it so that you don't feel overwhelmed because that's what that's why people then leave things is because they go, oh God, you know what? I completely forgot to do it this week. It's like, completely oh no, I need to, to, go to do also yeah. the LinkedIn newsletter. Like I didn't have enough things on my plate. Now, yeah, exactly. yeah, I didn't. <laughs> so it needs to be so, manageable. Yeah, exactly. So I do it. I, I never used to do it weekly. I used to do it monthly. That was when I was doing a blog with the with the newsletter. I did start it weekly and then I just took a break over the summer and then I've restarted it again. Mm -hmm. So there's okay, little things perfect. Like that you can do. Next, you were talking down Next about feature. LinkedIn. Oh my LinkedIn God. Live. <laughs> so I've always LinkedIn been a live. big I've always been a big um a, a big fan of lives anyway you know and even when um Facebook started live I was a big fan mm -hmm. when LinkedIn started live oh my gosh uh, Simone when I had to apply to do a live like I had to apply three times and the third time that I applied I had to literally give them a whole schedule of what I was going to be talking about wow. it took them ages to um to like accept me and i think that's the only flaw that i have if there's any flaw with linkedin that's a big flaw is they just take a lot a lot of time to release the features whereas facebook are a little bit like apple let's release it and improve it as we go along yeah um but anyway eventually when i did get it and um you know i was doing a live i used to do like marketing mindset mondays then i used to do like uh, you know two or three in the week it, it's changed now but lives are just an amazing way and, and because the uh, linkedin's lives you can't live stream direct on the platform you have to go through a third party software like mm -hmm. streamyard or restream but what the magic of that has happened is that you can now stream into three or four different platforms so um linkedin lives are the next thing like uh, and, and just creating you know interviews like this etc that you can then that you can then, um, you know, people get to see you and, and the work. I, I have a question on LinkedIn Lives. Uh, do people actually tune in on LinkedIn Lives uh, on that compared to the other videos? Because uh, like live uh, and, uh, and I've not done it. So that's why yeah. I'm asking yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. pure curiosity because I'm thinking about Facebook Lives. The Facebook mm. Lives that they were the most were the one that were announced, they were scheduled. People knew that they had a time and a place to be at. The one that will bomb were the one that would just, hey, how you doing? And I'm, yeah. I'm going live off the cuff. Sometimes yeah. sometimes there, there was a purpose for those, but in terms of audience and views, yeah. do you find the same happening on LinkedIn Lives or is that more? Or yeah, I think if they're people? scheduled, you're right, Simone. If they're scheduled and you do them, like with the Marketing Mindset Mondays, I used to have them every Monday at 9.30 and that was just, it was just that time and date. Didn't change it and that was the time. Um, and what happens is you'll either get people who are regular 
So, and you don't always get masses and masses. Mm. You know, you might even have less than 10, but here's my honest belief is, A, people will watch the replay if they want to, depending on the title of your live. And the people who are coming regularly, you know, they will they will ask questions and it's just good to get good content out there. And it's all about visibility. So the more people see you. So, you know, I ended up having people going, oh, my God, I've watched your lives. I can never make it on the Monday morning, but I watched it later in that afternoon or whatever. And then I've got business from it. So um, it's better if it's scheduled only because people know what time it's happening and when it's happening. Uh, and if you can't schedule it, if you are doing a, an ad hoc live, then on LinkedIn, what I recommend, and, and this is kind of connected to having another feature actually on LinkedIn, and that is LinkedIn events. Because what will happen is when you, if you know that, right, actually, I'm, I'm just going to go live tomorrow morning, then in the evening, create your, your settings on live stream or restream, and it will automatically create an event and then use that event to promote it. So just so that people know that, that, that it's coming. Um, so it is a little bit more clunky and lives aren't as effective as let's say you putting a video out and it going into people's news feeds and things like that. Um, and also people don't have the time, right? So mm -hmm. a lot of the time they'll be like, oh, I'm not gonna sit here and watch this whole thing. So they might come in and out. So you can't control those elements, but for visibility, it's good. And also for, as you mentioned, for the people that are actually wanting to build a stronger relationship with you, yeah. because there might be even like 10, 20 people that are going to be watching, but mm -hmm. those people that actually take the time yeah. to stop whatever they're doing, to watch a live and come back either week after week or month after month or when you tune yeah. in, that's strong. That's yeah, they're a more great qualified audience. Build. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. What and else? Like, what other features do you feature, have? Which I absolutely love. And there's, they've got other little ones coming out as well. Mm -hmm. But my final kind of big feature is LinkedIn audio. Uh, I say LinkedIn events, but um, li so LinkedIn events, including LinkedIn audio. So um, LinkedIn audio is among, one of the most recent features that they've uh, now rolled out to everybody. Everybody who's got creator mode on. So that's another mm -hmm. setting on your profile. Um, but yeah, uh, LinkedIn audio, I think... It's going to be a game changer. Um, I think there's going to be a much more highly qualified audience listening. I think the world of audio has completely catapulted again. Um, podcasts have been around. I mean, you said you've been running this one for five years now. Yeah. Um, so podcasts have been around for such a time, but um, apps like Clubhouse resurrected the world of podcasts as well. And more podcasts came out as a result. Um, and then you've got, you know, Twitter spaces and all of these other social media platforms doing it now. Um, and LinkedIn, um, link, and this is what link, LinkedIn have been really good at since the pandemic. They've been really good at catching up with some of the other platforms because before they were a little bit of a poor cousin, uh, whereas now they are, they are definitely up there. So um, the LinkedIn uh, audio, I think, is going to be a game changer. And also, if you're running events, if you're in, if you're a coach, a trainer, you run webinars, you run events, LinkedIn um, events is a really good way to invite people who are in your first connection, you know, promote your post about an, an event. You can even promote a live event, you know, via Eventbrite and things like that. A really good way, especially if you've been um creating a network and building a network that is of your ideal clients it's a really good way to get uh, people coming to something and listening to you i'm curious how you're planning to use linkedin live uh, sorry uh, linkedin audio 
how you're planning to use that moving so, forward. So, um, so one of the things that I've done is I've um, joined uh, another group of uh, two or three, four entrepreneurs, of which Elliot Kay is one of them. And what we're going to be doing is we, because all of us have got strengths in different areas. So obviously, mine's LinkedIn. We've got yeah. Elliot, who's public speaking, and you know various different things. But it's all around how you become visible and marketable, and you know run a, run a business. So we're going to have a scheduled one or two in the week, I believe. And and then it's really about setting up the event. And so each of us will set it up different each week. We'll take it in turns. And then it's about sharing that out and, and just keeping it regular. So it goes back to that scheduled amount. If people know that this is happening all the time, every Monday or every Tuesday or whatever it is, then they'll, they'll diarize it. And that's the other great thing about LinkedIn is when you now create an event, and people click to um, say, yeah, I'll attend that. You, they can put it directly into their diaries. So yeah. um, I, love, I love LinkedIn events. Yeah, I, I absolutely love LinkedIn events. I think they are as effective as Facebook events were when they came out before. Yeah, Facebook absolutely. events were brilliant at the yeah. beginning. Now they are almost useless. Yeah. But <laughs> LinkedIn events with the fact that so you can was that you can you can uh, was that you can invite up to a thousand people i think 500 yeah, people, that's right. yeah. A day. people yeah is that up to a thousand people yeah and that's do... on that's on top of like you know because obviously you've got a limit of how many connection invites and things like that you can do so separately you can invite a thousand people to your event, to event. Yeah. Wow, it's, it's, it's brilliant uh Danita, it's been an incredible interview i absolutely love a thing like the value that it was is is is, is so superb oh, superb you, and, I mean, you, can, you can see i just like i, I could talk about this all day that <laughs> no, you light up you totally light up about linkedin it's like this is the linkedin queen let's go <laughs> uh, now if uh, someone wants to touch base with you or um, uh, learn more about how they can use linkedin effectively for their business maybe they were listening and they said you know what I'm, I'm sleeping on this. I'm not using it as effectively. Danita, help me out. What's yeah. the next step? Oh, bless. So um, the best next thing to do is, first of all, connect with me on LinkedIn and actually mention that you were on, you heard me on this podcast because then I know where you're coming from. Um, and also on my profile, if uh, so this is one of the other features that they've just uh, recently launched, is you can now see a link at the top of my uh, profile. And the link says um, your profile checklist. And you can actually download that as well. Uh, but definitely send me a message on LinkedIn to connect and tell me that you've come from this podcast. And then that way I'll be able to tell Simone that that's where you've come from. But yeah, awesome. just, you know, absolutely connect with me in there. And then I've got a range of, you know, done with you as well as, you know, workshops and things like that, as well as done for you services. So, yeah. And uh, you can find her at Denita Padney and the, the link is uh, on, in the show notes. So just right now, stop whatever you're doing. If you're driving, Keep, keep driving. No, just don't. don't. <laughs> keep, keep driving. Dude. Yeah, keep driving. Get <laughs> but if you're running, stop running. If you're, <laughs> whatever you're doing, if you're cooking, stop cooking. If you're working, stop working. Go on the show notes. Get on Denita's LinkedIn profile. Send her a connection request and a message her and let her know that you found her through this podcast. And then also see, check out the resources that she has to offer. Uh, Danita, if we were to uh, leave like a final thought uh, about this interview about LinkedIn, what would your final message be? So, uh, look, visit the success to anything, you know, whether it's LinkedIn or anywhere else, but the success to 
um, you know, being on LinkedIn is visibility. And so my final thoughts are, and this is, these are statistics from 2022. Um, you know, when people say to me, why should I be on LinkedIn? So I say, well, look, um, LinkedIn has an audience where um, they have twice the buying power than any other web audience. And so not just a social media audience, but a web audience. Four out of five people are decision makers. And they, so they drive decisions. And visibility and exposure on LinkedIn will increase the buyer's intent to purchase from you by 33%. Why on earth would you not want to be visible on that platform? Because the truth is, is you could be the best business, the best service, you could actually be the best out there. But if nobody knows you exist because you're not visible, then they're going to your competition and they may not even be as good as you. They are absolutely. So don't sleep on it, <laughs> get on LinkedIn and connect with Danita. Danita, thank you very much for this interview. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I, I, I'm really, really honored to be on your uh, Expert to Authority uh, podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks for watching or thanks for listening. If you haven't subscribed yet, don't sleep on it. Subscribe mm -hmm. as well. <laughs> Whatever you're and doing, also, running, what stop. I, if you... <laughs> there you go. What are you doing? Just like if, you, if you're driving, stop and subscribe. No. <laughs> and also um, make sure you leave us a five-star review. Reviews are the lifeblood of every podcast. If you like watching, if you like listening, there's only one little thing that you can do. Leave us a review. It's good for the guest. It's good for the podcast. It's good for my ego. It's good for everyone involved. So <laughs> make sure you, you do that. that Until honestly. next time, remember that together we grow exponentially. Ciao. Bye. Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you. Make sure you give us a review. It means the world to us and that's how we, you can help us grow the show. Also remember to download the Expert Business Checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.